Today's episode of Blast Burn Radio was brought to you by Charlie, Cassie, Mika Y, and other listeners just like you. If you'd like to support Blast Burn Radio, you can do so over at patreon.com slash challengeacceptedmedia. You can pledge your support and start earning exclusive rewards today. Thank you. They said, look, you're a bomb, and I'm going to bring you to be a bomb. Do you understand? And she was like, I love you. You you could do no wrong to me. I love naive Pokemon. It's great. Did you get more wood? Oh, yeah. I had a strategy of just feeding my Marowak all the drugs. That's not medical advice. I, I'm not liable. <laughs> Podcasts aren't real. You are now listening to Blast Burn Radio. everyone, and welcome to another episode of Blast Burn Radio. I am your host, Stephen Charbonneau, and with me today are our essential infrastructure friends, our electrical engineer co-hosts, Celeste Dreyer and Anna Maservier. Uh, thanks for joining me today, guys. How's it going? It is... it is good. It is good. It is... let me put it this way. It's good to be here recording instead of dealing with some family uh, or medical or some type of drama, because it has been... A real fucking rough week. <laughs> this is easy. So, I have a story for y'all. And it's a story that I specifically did not tell you before we started recording. So that I could tell you after we started recording. And it would be fresh and new and fun. Um, there is a Rotom in my house and it is trying to fucking kill me. Oh? Wait, what? <laughs> so, on Tuesday... My wife was cooking dinner, as she is wont to do sometimes, and which I deeply appreciate because yummy, yummy in my tum-tum. Give me that sweet din-din. Um, and so she's cooking. Dinner's in the oven. Everything's going fine. And then suddenly there is smoke where there should not be smoke. And number one, I'm like, well, the smoke alarm's not going off. That doesn't seem very, like, correct or efficient. I'm going to have to look into that shit. Uh, but number two, I'm like, why is there smoke where there should not be smoke, where there should instead be delicious aromas wafting from my oven? And so my, my, my wife goes in there and checks on it because I have a dog and a child in my lap and I'm unable to do so. And the oven has just started getting hotter all on its own. There's an error code on the screen and the broiler has kicked itself on, which you might recognize is a problem. So she, she turned it off, pulled like the, 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 the smoldering slag heap that was once a pan with my delicious, delicious meatloaves upon it out of our oven, ruining both that pan and the oven mitt she used to pull it out and went, well, that fucking sucks. Let's leave the oven off for a while and see if it was a fluke or if something's actually bad. And so we opened the house up. We turned the fans on to get the smoke out. But we noticed that despite the fan and the open windows, the smoke is getting heavier, not lighter. The oven is still on, guys. It's off. Oh, what the hell? And the heating element is still getting actively hotter. I must conclude that we had a Rotom heat in our house and I pissed it the fuck off. I don't know what else could have happened. I had to unplug the son of a bitch to get it to stop getting hotter because it just wanted to kill me. You know, it's that is a very interesting story. And I'm sorry that your oven is trying to murder you. 
I also had a smoke-related incident in the kitchen this week, though mine is my own idiocy. I had a friend over for brunch uh, the other day, and I made bacon. Whenever we have brunch, I make bacon. We make pancakes. It's great. And while I was cleaning up the bacon, bacon grease spilled off of the foil as I was getting ready to throw it out. Uh, and it got on the oven top. And then we got busy like doing stuff around the house. And I completely forgot about it. Um, like I wiped it up, obviously. And I was like, oh, I got to come back and like clean, do a really good clean of this a little later. I totally forgot. And so I went to go make dinner, turned the stovetop on, like threw a pot on and like went about my, my evening. And all of a sudden I was like, why, why does it sound like something is literally sizzling and smoky? And it's because I almost had a grease fire in my house because I'm an idiot. <laughs> so uh, thankfully I noticed that before that happened, was able to get the smoke out of the window so that the uh, fire alarm smoke detector did not go off terribly. Uh, and then promptly ordered dinner out because I needed to wait for the stove to cool so that it could be cleaned appropriately. But yeah. Celeste, do you have a smoke story? <laughs> no, I don't think I do this week, thankfully. Curse you, Rotom! <laughs> I mean, I have I have smoke stories from my childhood where my mom would burn things. Nah. Not you're not in solidarity with us. No, no. <laughs> it's it, it is depressing that apparently Rotom Heat has declared war on Blastburn Radio, but has decided that Celeste is a non-factor in that war. That's frustrating. I don't like it. That is frustrating. Rotoms are my friends. I I think canonically, if Rotoms are anyone's friends, it's your boy. <laughs> yeah. No, because you use them, you make them fight. They're angry. Nah, they do good. They do good. They're my they're my homies. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, on the subject of making our good, good digital pixelated friends fight for sweet, sweet badges and prizes, this week, our hosts headed east from Shalor City through Route 12 and the Azure Bay to reach Coomerine City, where our rivals wait to challenge us on our way to Ramos in the Coomerine City Gym. However, we didn't stop there, then heading south from Coomerine City through Route 13 to reach the Kalos Power Plant and stop Team Flare from stealing power plans still not super clear at this point for you boys and team flair uh, but we do disrupt them and head back to lumio city now restored to full electric glory to challenge clement in the lumio city gym now i know that anna had an eventful week and has many opinions so let's start with her uh, annabeth how was your week in nuzlocke this week it was an interesting week for for a week that had two gyms and was a little it wasn't short, but it wasn't like as long as I thought it was going to be. Lots of stuff happened. We don't have many encounters this week, and that's really important to note. But Route 12 is a really interesting route because there's a lot of really good stuff there. There's Tauros and Miltanks and Chatots, and there's a Gift Lapras. Like, Route 12 is where it's at, y'all. There's some really fun, good shit on Route 12. And I really couldn't decide what I wanted to try and go for because... I love Lapras a whole lot, and having a big bulky Watermon sounded like a lot of fun to me, but I decided I wanted to shoot for something else, and I, I managed to get a, a Tauros, which was fantastic. What, what a fantastic pickup. It means I got the triple Intimidate squad. Everybody real mad now. Everybody real mad now, which was great, legitimately great. 
Uh, you have Azure Bay, like, right at the, the end of Route 12 before you get into, like, the Cormarine City, like, Bay area. And there were a bunch of sky battles this week. There was two uh, in the Azure Bay, and there was one back on, like, Route 8 uh, in the water. And we decided we were going to go do that. We also picked up the good rod, as a point of note, uh, because we love fishing. I really actually hate fishing, but... For for the for the purposes of entertainment, we went and got a good rod because we needed a scrub. So we went and got said scrub, cool beans, threw that in the bank, and we went to go do some sky battles. And I'm going to tell you something, y'all. This was the most infuriating moment <laughs> of this entire run because I, one, they were hard to find. Two, when you did find them, they're up on a platform. Like in, in every case, they're on a platform overlooking the water, and Keep in mind that my trainer can fish while on the back of a surfing Pokemon. And one that's not even necessarily enormous. I'm just evidently super talented at fishing while while surfing. But somehow, the Sky Trainers with the higher vantage point are incapable of seeing me in the water in front of them. Because nowhere around their little raised water square, like ground square in the water... Can they see you or challenge you? And I spent an ungodly amount of time trying to figure out what the fuck I was doing wrong. I was like, maybe I have to be in just the right spot. Maybe I have to use an item. Maybe I have to use fly. Like, I taught someone fly, not realizing, like, I needed to be the gym to use it. That's how I combat. And I was like, nope, that, that wasn't it. I actually had... It's, it doesn't probably look like this to you when you watch the video of this. But I had to stop recording collaborate with some people and figure out what the fuck was wrong. And it turns out that the way that a sky trainer can see you, because evidently they only have one field of vision and it's on the shore because they're trapped on their little ground cubes forever. And they dream of escape is by going to the beach in the direct line of sight of where they are, like across the waves. And then they will challenge you to a sky battle. It was the fucking worst, and it was still hard to trigger once I knew, like, what was going on. And said sky battles were real spoopy. There was, like, a charge beam sigilif going on, and I'll tell you what, you know who doesn't want to swap into a special attack up sigilif to take a super effective move? Aerodactyl. Do you know who did that anyway? Aerodactyl. I'm very lucky I did not come out of these sky battles with, with a dead Pokemon. Or a wipe, honestly. That one almost got me. But they didn't. We collected points instead. And then we bid our good sky battle trainer friends, like, adieu. And said, you will be stuck here forever. Good riddance. I hope no one finds your fucking bones. And then we moved on with our lives. Not their bones. <laughs> <laughs> no one will find their bones. No bones here. This is a no bone zone. No bones. Zone. Good lord. <laughs> okay, then. okay then. With all of that business down the past, we headed back to Cormarine City to head on up to the gym. And I was I'm super disappointed, y'all, that there's no Pokemon Center or healer in that portion of Cormarine City before you get on the little tram. I was very bummed. Because I was like, oh, God, I got to heal my Pokemon. And then I was like, there's no fucking, there's no, there's no place here. So we took the monorail. We did run into Professor Augustine and Diantha. If you remember, it's like a movie star 
Pokemon trainer person that had like some discussion about mega evolution and and beauty and goals and all that garbage. And then they left and then we hopped on the, the train and went to go to the actual Pokemon center. And what's really super fun about this is we got a call on the way into Cormarine city from Callum who was like, Hey, I know you just kicked my ass, but you want to do it again? Like Callum, we literally fought five minutes before, like after I left the last town, we don't need to have another rival battle right now, but okay. We go the first, like, third of this game without battling Caleb and Serena once. And then he's just like, back-to-back towns. Let's fucking throw down, you piece of shit. <laughs> he's salty. So we, we had to deal with Callum, and we ran over to the gym, and we just completely demolished him because I was absolutely prepared for the fact that he had a frog deer this time. That wasn't an issue. We just shut him the fuck down. Because you know what? Jay Balvin is, is great. Like, legitimately. Stab Boom Burst is, is no fucking joke. There is this wonderful gym in this town. It's like one of my favorites, aesthetically. It's like a giant treehouse. And it's great. Uh, and we weren't, honestly, too, too worried about Ramos and his gym. Because it's a grass gym. And guess what? Your girl's got the bird squad. Like, so many of my Pokemon can fly. It's redonkulous. Uh, and we grabbed the squad and we grabbed Fluffy, our other little snubble uh, from an egg last week because I, it's a dupes and I really need something else. Uh, no offense, Pat. Thank you for the submission. But fame is, is too good to remove from the team. Or And I, I don't want to run double dogs. So grab Fluffy. We grab some birds and a we grab Rose whose poison grass typing was exceptionally good for just being a pain in the ass here. And we we went off on a journey through the gym, uh, which the hardest part about this gym and getting to the gym leader was making sure I didn't miss anyone because it's really easy to get confused when you're climbing up and then down and like all over the place. I think I went up and down this fucking treehouse three times trying to make sure I didn't miss anybody. Once I was confident that no no trainers remained, I challenged Ramos, and he was a real pushover for me. Jay Balvin led the way uh, against the jump bluff, uh, which was an acrobatics jump bluff. Y'all, I saw that jump bluff, and I was like, I know how I use a jump bluff. Let's fucking taunt that thing, because this is going to be a bad time. And it was like, I chose acrobatics. And I was like, you're fucking acrobatics jump bluff? Okay. Uh, have a boom burst. And then it was dead. The go-go was a little scarier. Jay Balvin got legitimately smacked by that acrobatics. It was not like in the yellow, but it's not anything I want to stay out on the go-goat for. We brought fame out. We completely made this go-goat like impotent. We just, we, we intimidated on the way in and power punched our way up. It was funny because he used every potion he had on this go-goat and it was just five minutes of fame hitting return and slowly bringing this thing down over and over and over again as it tried to use takedown to kill me and just couldn't. And eventually it went down. It was it was a losing battle on Ramos's end. And then we had to deal with a fucking weeping bell and Falconer, our Staraptor, made very short work of that. It was laughable. This was probably the easiest gym that I've done so far. And that's saying something because Karina was was also laughable. Uh, but we collected our hard mode points and we we went on our way. The secondary portion of this week's content was Route 13, 
the power plant and Lumio City Gym. Uh, Route 13 has some, has a really, really hype encounter. Namely, there are only three things that show up here. Doug Trios, Trap Inches, and Gibbles. And Doug Trios, Doug Trios can be real good. But as a point of note, Arena Trap, Doug Trio, was locked away in Ubers this generation. Therefore, is not a valid encounter for us. And, and this will be relevant as we, we talk through our encounters on this route today. <laughs> <laughs> so... I thought when I came in here, my recollection of this was that the Pokemon that are burrowing around really quickly in this area are Dug Trios and the other ones are, are Wild Encounters. So I was specifically trying to avoid these Dug Trios as they were running around. Well, it turns out they're all just in that that underground rumbles. And one of them finally caught me and it was a sweet Gibble Girl who we caught and named Fierce, which is a really fucking hype encounter. Looking forward to using a Garchomp. Hashtag awesome. Awesome, awesome. Team Shark. My biggest frustration in the desert here was the fact that I can't skate worth a fucking damn, y'all. And I fucking hate the little divots in the rails. I fell off that shit so many goddamn times. And also, I didn't have anybody with Rock Smash in my fucking party. So I didn't go pick up the items while I was wandering around the desert, which was a real not good time. I hate the skates. I hate all the things. It's it's not good. Did not like. One of ten would, would rate zero if could. So... Not to in any way attempt to invalidate your opinion. You are entitled to hate the skates. It is it is exacerbated in Route 13 by the fact that frequently there is a crosswind pushing against you, preventing you from going fast enough for the divot. Like, the problem is not necessarily the, the skate mechanics and controls themselves. It's the fact that the game is actively like, no, fuck you. Wait five minutes before you can go over here. To be fair, the divot doesn't really need to exist at all, but they put it there just to be annoying. Yeah, I... I have very strong opinions on the skates that are not directly attached to Route 13, but largely rooted in the fact that the two existing means of travel are just generally better to begin with. And it's a nice touch, but it didn't need to be here. And thus, I almost never use them except when I have to grind a a rail, which is awful. (laughs) So we've established... Between Mantine surfing and fucking rail grinding on extreme inlines, <laughs> Anna, not a fan of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. <laughs> no, it's true. I actually hate that game a lot. The whole fucking series. Don't at me. I don't I don't like skateboards. I don't like skating. I don't like it in games. I don't like if there was a purpose to this and I felt it was functional or useful in some way more so than the bike or the running shoes. I, I would give it credit for that, but it doesn't even have that going for it. I do it when I gotta. I don't the rest of the time as much as possible. Occasionally, I have these moments when I think, hey, you know, I'll just skate right now. This seems like a good place to skate. And it's always a fucking bad idea. I overshoot things. I can't, like, pivot fast enough to where I want to go. It, it's just, I don't like the skates, y'all. What what kind of 90s kid are you? I am revoking your tubular card. You can. I was not a tubular kid. You're just not rad enough. No. I mean, that's not a surprise to anyone, right? <laughs> I, I think Steven was the only one here, really, that was a tubular kid. Was rad? <laughs> that was what? That was rad? Yeah, you're, you're, the only, you're the only one with a tubular card. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's valid. <sighs> Anyways... <laughs> I, I'm about as square as Team Flare, and 
it turns out that they're hanging out here in the power plant. Uh, and one of the most frustrating things about this place and the power plant stuff is it's really cool. And there's all these like doors that look like they go to buildings far away. And they all initially tell you you need a key card to get in here. And then you get a key card after Team Flare like drops it and then tells you exactly where it is because he's a dope. But it only opens one of the doors. And it feels very much like content that was planned that got cut. And it bums me the fuck out. But we didn't have time to lament about that. There was a power plant to save. I forgot completely to check in with the hostages when I walked in. Uh, and instead, just... How can I put this nicely? I walked in a circle fighting a team flare grunt every five feet, utterly demolishing them. Until finally I came to an admin and a technician who each had one Pokemon. Mars, they were not. And they were demolished in seconds and then i went you're an actual crime organization because that seems questionable at this point they're just amazon they're just fucking amazon that's all they are <laughs> actually no i suppose more accurately they're fucking tesla yeah like, they're tesla lysander is musk like 100 percent. yeah he's musk and poke bezos lives on the other part of the continent in a castle in a castle we absolutely trashed Team Flare. It was so disgustingly laughable. I was like, I remember when in, in Gen 4, when we went up against Mars, like, that was scary shit. The admins in Galactic drew blood more often than not. What 100%, like, you know, in was just as threatening as Sharon and Bianca, who were always a problem. Yep. And, like, even, like, going back to, like, as many problems as Team Rocket had in Heart Gold, Soul Silver, like, when you fought those three named admins, they were a problem. Yeah, it's, it was, it was real disappointing, but that's the name of the game with Team Flare, largely. So we, I guess, saved the power plant, saved the hostages, I picked up some TMs, I went to town, and here was this really funny moment where I ran into Shauna, and she was like, come watch the tower get lit with me. And I was like, Shauna, not now, I need to go train. I ended my recording and then found I literally couldn't do anything until I went and watched the tower get lit with Shauna, so I had to restart my recording just to do that. And after that was done, we went and trained. Lumio City Gym is like a quiz. Like, you go in there, and it's quiz time. And they ask you, like, who's that Pokemon? And you gotta, like, fight a trainer who who has the right answer, I guess, and then go up an elevator. But because it's a gauntlet, we had to get every single one wrong a bunch of times, like the biggest idiots in Pokemon, which was really funny. We brought our Gabite uh, with us, and we brought our Hippowdon to handle much of this. Oh, and this is really important. The Eggmon that we got for Fluffy after the gym was a fucking Eviolite Chansey. Like, one of Annabeth's signature Pokemon. I know how to abuse Eviolite Chansey like nobody's fucking business. So, I absolutely EV trained that thing and brought it with us to the gym. Most of Clement's gym was real simple. They couldn't do much of anything to ground ground types no matter what like we just one by one we take a little bit of damage we go from trainer to trainer we heal up but but there were some standout trainers namely there was one with a lantern and much of my team was weak to water and that was a huge fucking problem i ended up having to have rose take care of it just come out and like venus shock the thing to death and legitimately clement <laughs> 
<laughs> Clement has what? He has a Heliolisk, a uh, Magneton, and an Emolga. We led out with Hippowdon, with London, to deal with Emolga. Great defense stat, ground typing, good electric immunity. Emolga was no problem. But Heliolisk was a concern, and largely because Heliolisk can learn some really interesting moves. And it's very rare that gym Pokemon have really interesting coverage that has to be taught by like a TM or like an HM. And it's really, really spooky still because we don't know. We just don't know. And inevitably the one time that we, we fucking be like, it'll be fine. It's not fine. And so I got spooked. This thing came out. If you like watch the video, I'm like, this thing can no surf. I got to get out of here. Like I can't risk it. And I switch into Chansey and it grass knots, which would have been so bad. Like, I am so glad. I'm so glad that I had Chansey with me because this thing couldn't really hurt Chansey all too bad. It, it could do some damage, but I mean, soft boiled exists and seismic toss is a thing. And so we, we just whittled our way through the Heliosk until it was gone. But Chansey wasn't in necessarily great shape when Magneton came out. And I really just kind of wanted to switch Pokemon out. So I brought London back out, who is still basically at full health. And that Magneton just was fucking wrecking him to the point where I had to bring the Chansey back out. And it was like real close. I got hit real hard. It was very low on my good egg friend. I would have been very sad if it died. But that didn't happen. We got a soft boiled off and then we just seismic tossed it to death. Unfortunately, that did cause us to have to uh we we overleveled the egg which was a huge bummer but we got through Clement on hard uh with only a couple minor scares and got our full full point load and we went to the egg box we traded away Hugo uh our good diggers bee uh this this week for our Clement gym uh, I had a couple good ground types and I, I really just couldn't see diggers bee coming back out for us to the end of the game and what we got was fucking hype we got a metatite an adamant pure power metatite holding a mega stone and that's baller mega metasham is so fucking good and i was really really bummed when i was going through what is it the cave near the beginning of the game a uh, game where you can get one and i and i didn't i got fucking the butt bunny Instead, I got a whisper instead. I was like, man, I would have really liked to use Metacham this game because it's a really neat Pokemon. And now I have like the best example of a Metacham that you can get. So whoever sent that in, thank you so much. I'm really excited to use it. Echo has has joined the squad. A new challenger approaches. And that was the week. Like, I got some hype shit this week, y'all. I got a Mega Metacham. I got a Chansey. I got a Gibble. I got a Scrope. Like this was a good week for your girl and like encounters. Worth noting, by the way, that 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 metatite was sent in by L.A. Caveman. So we are all rocking Caveman Ridges <laughs> on our team, and they have all been like incredibly exceptional. Uh, so good job, L.A. Also, I am very very sad that you got my boy, but I will try not to let it prevent me from murdering him as swiftly as I am able. If I I won't be able, he's too he's too much. That's fine. It's fine. It's good. We're gonna be good. So guys, guys, I I gotta I gotta go next because I gotta talk about this because it's important. This was 
This was maybe the wildest chapter of gameplay I have personally had since the finale of Platinum. It was stupid, and I am still dealing with that. Like, a lot of this was today. Like, today? Like, this morning. And I can't handle that. <laughs> so, obviously, we we started off in the same place as everybody else in Santa Lune City, heading towards... I want to say Cerulean. It's super not Cerulean. Uh, we started in Shalor and then we made our way to Silage? Whatever. The place where Ramos lives. And he's kind of the worst. Coomarine. Coomarine's the one. And the very first thing on my mind starting this chapter of gameplay is, hey, remember how we skipped all those routes last week? Because we were like, oh, well, the best things are all from fishing. We don't really need a water type. We got these really good water types, but maybe we'll need one later. Grant's gym killed all our fucking water types. We are sands and Azumarill. We are sands a war turtle. We need some water. So we had to hustle our asses over to get the good rod. And now, in the first example this week of me not having my shit all the way together, I thought that that good rod was in Azure Bay. I thought I, I would have bet money that there was a fisherman in Azure Bay who would give me a fishing rod. So I made my way through Route 12, repelling the whole way because I did not know if I wanted to go to the grass or fish or surf or whatever for my encounter. So I put off, put off the decision until later, made my way through Route 12 and onto the Azure Bay where I repelled my way through and explored every single fucking inch of that place. I did all of the sky battles, which weren't hugely problematic for me because I have a Gyarados, which can do sky battles for some fucking reason and it punched real good and the things in the sky battles go oh no my face and or body and they keel the fuck over dead it's nice i recommend it if you have not tried it we we got like the dragon scale and like the item for clam pearl to evolve and all sorts of shit but we did not get a good rod we did not get a good rod at all until finally i'm like something is wrong here and i did a google and i was like oh the good rod is in kumarine city jolly you're a fucking dumbass great so that I made my way back, I peeked my way into Kumarine City, I got my good rod, and we were ready to rock and roll. So, the plan. The desired encounter this week was a star you. I wanted a star you. I wanted a star you so bad, I lost a rapid spinning water type. God help me, I'm getting another one. So, the plan was to go to Silage City, where we fought Grant, fish there first in the hopes of fishing up a uh, clauncher in silage to make it dupes to maximize our chances of getting a star you on route eight so we we went to silage we dipped our good rod into the water and out popped a horsey which is a legitimately great encounter and i was like yo that's really rare that's really cool we're happy to have this horsey also we're probably not going to get a star you now and that kind of fucking sucks i really wanted a star you i'm like well you know oh well like Clauncher is still like a really cool Gen 6 Pokemon. We'll make it work. We'll figure something out. One of these water types is going to be good. It's going to be fine. We made our way to Route 8. We dipped our good rod in the water and we got a Staryu. So no, no big claw shrimp boy to shoot pew pew lasers for me. Instead, I get all of the Gen 1's greatest hits in water types, which I have mixed feelings about. I... I really like Tilapia, our horsey. I fucking love Jellybean, our Staryu. I would probably rather have a Clauncher than a horsey if I'm being 100, just because, again, like, I I kind of love the Gen 6 Pokedex a lot more than I remembered loving it, and I would have loved to have that good, iconic Gen 6 Watermon, and now I just don't, and that's just a thing we have to live with. 
So with that in mind, we scooped up our Route 8 Sky Battle, and in the process, we actually overleveled Sashimi for the gem cycle, because I I was just leaning into him way too hard for those Sky Battles, which I wasn't super planning on using a Gyarados in a Grass Gem anyway, but whoopsie-daisy, now I've completely lost even the ability to do so, and that's just where we live now. But we made our way back to Route 12, and I had a decision to make. I'm like, okay, I have this Route 12 encounter. I could get something in the grass. I could get an Execute. I could get a Slowpoke, both of which are pretty cool encounters. I could get a Tauros or a Mill Tank, which are fine. Like, they don't directly address the big problems I'm having right now, but they're good Pokemon. It's like, or I could take this Lapras. This Lapras that I will never use in PvP because right now I am struggling with entry hazards. And guess what? That's a mod that's weak to Stealth Rocks. I do not want that. But also, it's a mod with a unique surf animation in Gen 6, and that is rad as fuck, and I want to ride on the back of that Lapras. So I took the Lapras solely to be a surf slave so I can look cool while I'm surfing, and you know what? No regrets. <laughs> Do not regret that in the slightest. I look fly as fuck when I am surfing around the thankfully limited water areas of Kalos. We then peeked our way back out into the Azure Bay. We got our encounter in the grass. I was kind of hoping for an Inke, even though I have no idea how the fuck I would evolve it on the totally legitimate Nintendo 3DS hardware that I am using to play this video game. But life finds a way. I'd have made it work. But instead, we got a Wingle. We named her Hot Dog. She's a Wingle. Um, we, we can use Fly now. That's good. I like having Fly. That's a good thing. And finally, we made our way to Ramos's gym. We did fight Serena outside. It was one more verse, same as the first, from our last rival battle with Serena. We said, hey, have you met Johnny? Have you met Johnny? He punched so good. Him punch so good. And, and yeah, we just... She was like, I want to see Mega Evolution. And Johnny was like, all right, motherfucker. And then just like absolutely put the hammer down it was wonderful and then finally we went into ramos's gym now we brought as many like grass resistances into the gym as we could we were doing hard mode so super effective doesn't really matter but we wanted to resist grass stab so of course we leaned into granola our crobat we also brought taquito our quilladin we brought in Optimus the Ponyard. We bought it, brought in Johnny the Pincer. Just a lot of, of grass resistances. Um, we did bring in Peanut the Meow Stick because Peanut is just too good. Just too good. I never expected to love a Meow Stick as much as I love Peanut. Um, and then in the last slot, we, we brought in Wellington, our Vivian. And guys, I love Wellington. I had to look at this objectively and go, of the options that I have in the bank that I would not mind having a permanent retirement to the egg box, Wellington falls in that category, is unlikely to ever see legitimate play at this stage of the game. Like, stats have just passed the poor boy, uh, left him in the, the annals of history. But also, he's the only one that might, like, actually see legitimate use inside the gym. Quad resists grass. If I need something to switch in and, you know, status something or just like pick something off being faster than it and not fearing its attacks, Wellington's a legitimately solid option for that. And so ultimately that was a decision I made was that Wellington was a mon that could retire to the egg box at the end of the gym if necessary and also could see legitimate use inside the gym. So he got the nod. We went, we went into the Coomerian City gym, which I, I agree with Anna. It's a beautiful gym. I love the gym design. In Kalos, 
I think Ramos is maybe the single most forgettable gym leader in all of Kalos, which is saying something. Most of them are not particularly memorable, but also happens to fall between the two most memorable Kalos gym leaders in Karina and Clements. Karina, because you see her in places that are not her gym and Clement because anime. So yeah, Ramos kind of gets the short end of the shaft there. Also being a very bad grass gym leader, because as we've established, Ramos maybe. I don't think Ramos is quite as bad as Karina from a mechanical standpoint, because as we're going to talk about, that Go-Goat hits like a big fuck-off Mack truck, but still not good, certainly. We made our way through the gym, we battled all the trainers, and finally made our way to Ramos himself, and we were leaning into Granola, our crowbat, and just clicking neutral, normal return. We made our way through his jump left, no problem. Go-Goat came out, and Go-Goat's relatively fat, so it took us, I believe, three returns to make our way through the Go-Goat, which means it got two takedowns off into Granola. Those two takedowns were enough to bring Granola down to, like, literally 4 HP. Like... I could have died there. <laughs> my my crowbat could have died in the grass gym because stab normal ain't nothing and go goat gives no fucks. Uh, but thankfully, Granola was able to hang on. When the weeping bell came out, we swapped it into Johnny, our pincer, and just clicked return. Did not mega evolve. Importantly, I think I actually took the mega stone off of Johnny because I was just like, you are not allowed to do that. That's a bad thing. We just used plain old normal return from normal plain Jane Pincer. Punched it in the face. It died. We took our points. Great success. Everyone's happy. We made our way then into Route 13, into the desert. And I also did not bring Rock Smash with me initially, and I had to go back and get Baloney for some backup because why do I need Rock Smash at this point in the game? But I do, I guess. So whatever. That's fine. So we brought Baloney with us. We got our first encounter, and this is maybe the most – no, this is not the most stressful part of the week. We will talk about the most – there's several parts of this week that are more stressful. Uh, but we had a very stressful moment here where we encountered a Doug Trio. I thought nothing of it. I was like, well, the, okay, Doug Trio's our encounter. I threw a ball at it. It didn't catch, and I ate a sand tomb. And after a couple turns of not catching it, I tried to switch out, and I couldn't switch out because it was under sand tomb, which is fine. But that's when I realized I was like, oh, shit. I don't know if this Doug Trio's Arena Trap. Arena Trap is not allowed in our series. I don't know if this is actually a valid encounter or not. I don't want to lose Takedo trying to catch a Doug Trio that's not even our actual fucking encounter. And because I'm under Sand Tomb, I can't know if it is or not until I fucking catch it. I am in a real catch-22 here. So I spent forever trying to figure out if there was any way to tell if this thing was actually Arena Trap or not. Trying to figure out if... You know, if it was how we were handling that, if we were doing what seemed like the logical thing and saying, hey, it's not your encounter. Finally, I just said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do my best to catch this thing. If it turns out it's Arena Trap, we'll release it and we'll get another encounter. It's fine. So we chuck a couple more balls. We catch the Doug Trio. We go to the PC. We check. It is Sandvale. So this Doug Trio, for better or worse, is our legitimate encounter. Um, worth noting, it actually wasn't our first encounter. Our first encounter was a Trap Inch, but that is Hall of Fame Claws banned for me. We used a Flygon through Emerald. So that was that was off the board. So our only options were Doug Trio or Gibble. We got the Doug Trio, which is unquestionably the worst of those two options, but it's where we landed. We named him Meatballs. Now he just needs his spaghetti and, and we're all set. Route 13 is one of my least favorite areas in Kalos. Like, not that it's bad, 
per se. It just, it doesn't do it for me in the way that a lot of Western Kalos does. I'm just, I'm not super into the aesthetic of the place. Although as far as deserts go, I guess it's fine. I'm not a huge fan of most desert routes, but it's fine. We made our way through. We, we fought the Team Flare Grunt, took his key card, went into the power plant. And, and as Anna said, like Team Flare is notable for their, their sense of style and really nothing else. Every Team Flare dungeon in this game is just incredibly cool aesthetically. They're all very like industrial and technical and, and high tech in a, in a way that like a lot of evil team dungeons are, but they feel stylish in a way that like Team Galactic bases do not. And I think that's really, really dope. Even though technically, like if you think about it, like Team Flare didn't build the power plant. Team Flare didn't build the places that they're in later until you get to their actual base, but they tend to inhabit places that have a very distinct sense of style, and I appreciate that. Also, again, clothes fly as fuck. Uh, hair, not so much. Although, when you get to the admin, he's got, like, the Mr. Clean bald shaved head thing, and, like, a, a like a white suit with orange, like, like accoutrements, and it's really fucking cool. I have never wanted to just straight steal an NPC's clothes that bad in my entire life. He's reverse hitman. Like, I just... I'm sorry, I beat you... I should be able to claim your clothes. That should be how that works. <laughs> that's how fashion works in this game. Oh, God. That, that, that's a can of worms. That's a can of worms we do not want to open. Like, you can have my shitty clothes. That's fine. Like, I'm not going to leave you naked and tied up in the corner. Just give me that fucking suit, yo. <laughs> Every human being is of the same size. We've established this. So give me your fucking clothes. We also fought the first of the Team Flare scientists, who, again, not particularly challenging on the scale of admins of Pokemon games past by any stretch. But again, they have their own, like, unique kind of sense of, of fashion and flair that I think is really cool. It would just be nice if it was paired with... Competence? Yeah, a legitimate threat of any magnitude whatsoever. But such is life, I guess. We finally made our way back to Lumio City, where Shauna was waiting for us and was once again just like, oh, hi, boyfriend. And I'm like, please never talk to me again. You're a child. I'm going to get a restraining order. This is uncomfortable. But we watched the tower light up together. And she was talking about how Charon made her a device to cheat at puzzles, but she refuses to use it. And I was like, this feels unnecessary. I'm not sure why this dialogue is here other than to establish that Shauna likes puzzles and is not a cheater, I guess. And also that Charon is just fucking down to clown. It's not Charon, not Charon, <laughs> fucking, fucking science boy, science lad. Uh, Trevor. No. Um, no, the science lad, not dancing boy. No, the, the gym leader, whatever his name is. Clement. Clement, yeah. Oh, oh, the, the gym <laughs> leader guy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Trevor's also not dancing boy. I was wrong on multiple counts there. Yeah, we, we <laughs> fucked that all up, y'all. But legitimately, it's just to remind you that Shauna is dumb as a box of rocks. <laughs> No, apparently she, well, yeah, yeah, I guess she is because, because Clement felt the need to make her a machine to cheat at puzzles. Yeah, he, <laughs> and his own puzzles. Yeah, basically she came in, she couldn't fucking handle anything, and he was like, oh god. Like, this isn't an even go home and learn some stuff and come back. This is a, this, you're never gonna do this. Here's the answer book. This is a, you are a special needs kid in a public school. Here are your reasonable accommodations. <laughs> Here's your Texas Instruments calculator. <laughs> oh, God. Why does Shauna even, why, why is Shauna? Can we, 
why is Shauna not just Caleb and Serena? Why are they not one character? I want to know the discussion that happened in the boardroom while they were planning this, where they were like, okay, friends for the player character in Generation 6. Want to try something that we've never really done before. Like, we tried it with Sharon and Bianca. We want to have a whole friend group. Who makes up every friend group? And they were like, the dumb one, the smart one, (laughs) the cool one, and the dancing one. (laughs) I just, like, you could make Shauna and Serena into one character. You, you want to do like the, the pseudo love interest angle, like whatever that can be your rival. That's fine. You can have this weird love hate relationship with your rival. Like they do it with Brendan and may that's not a glowing endorsement, but it's already there. Like it's been done. It's fine. You know, you want one of the rivals to have the starter that's weak to yours so that you can play that angle. Fine. Give that one to Tierno who is established as being not very serious about Pokemon battles. It makes sense and it works and you can still have Trevor there to show like, hey, playing to fill out the Pokedex is a valid way to play. There's your friend group. You could easily do what you're trying to accomplish in three and it would be so much less both infuriating and creepy. Also, it would mean that you would see your rival more. One. Two, if you combine the two of them, presumably they would have each each other's Pokemon. You might have a full Pokemon team. (laughs) I don't know. Does 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 Shauna ever have more than two Pokemon? Well, I, I guess Caleb and Serena get four. So even still, yeah. Yeah, you have a six Pokemon team. Oh my. Caleb complaining outside of the grass gym that you're stronger than him. It's like, yeah, because you only have half a team. <laughs> you only have half a team and you don't have Mega Evolution and I do. This is the way the brakes are. Get out of here. So I, I'm... I actually, this is something I talked about on the Sylph Radio episode, like, literally forever ago. Like, I'm willing to accept Pokemon that have a fewer number, or trainers that have a fewer number of Pokemon per team, right? Because in the fiction of the world, raising Pokemon is a difficult thing to do, which is why you so often see trainers who only train Pokemon of a specific type or who are native to a geographic region, because they all have, like, climate and diet and exercise requirements that if you have a wide varied team would be difficult to keep up with and treat them all well, right? Like that's what makes you as the, the hero in the journey, like you're a prodigy. You're able to care for a wide variety of Pokemon, care for them well, bring out the best in them. But historically your rival is someone of a level with you. You know, gym leaders might specialize in a type, but they still have strong and varied teams because they are exceptional in much the same way that you are exceptional. And in Kalos, it's just like, we took youngster fucking Joey off route fucking 12 with his top percentage Rattata and shoved him in the seventh fucking gym. (laughs) Here you go, assholes. Like, it's not, these people don't feel competent. (laughs) And Ramos is the poor old man. He just is a gardener. And they were like, have some Pokemon. If someone comes up here, have a Pokemon battle. I actually really dig the aesthetic of Ramos. Like, I dig the old man putting around in his garden with his fucking uh, service animal riding goat. Like, I just think that's kind of rad as hell. But, but yeah, he's terrible. He's just bad. Why does he have Pokemon Rangers in his gym? It would have made more sense for him than gardeners. Yeah, like, it's not like it's the wild. It's explicitly the opposite of that. They're they're not there to care for the plants. They're there to care for rain. (laughs) They should just be nurses. Just nurses (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) We're going off on such a big tangent. I'm sorry. 
finally we made our way into Clement's gym, right? And God, who did, who the fuck do we even bring into Clement's gym? We brought Takito, who is now a chestnut. He's big. He's strong. He's my big strong boy. I I hoped when we started this series that I would enjoy using Takito. I fucking love Takito. At this point, the chessman line is unquestionably my favorite of these three. I I can't imagine ever just like choosing a different one in a casual playthrough at this point because chessman is just incredible. It's just really, really good. I take back every negative thing I ever said about it, even Quilladin. Quilladin grew on me. The whole line real good. But chestnut is incredible. It's so fucking good. It's so good. It's fat as fuck. It hits like a big fuck off Mack truck. Excellent. Steven is just looking at me from his camera view with a like flat <laughs> expression of just, what the fuck, man? Come at me, bro. <laughs> I, I'm not going to get into it, but I recently like went through like my least favorite Pokemon list. Like Instead of doing the best list, the, the least favorite list. And that line is the only Pokemon line to make it twice. <laughs> That's just rude. He's a good boy. He's a good lad. I've liked that line. You know, all the grass starters are based in, like, ancient extinct animals. And Chestnut is, like, a, a giant sloth, which I just think are really fucking dope animals that I'm kind of sad didn't make it. Because if North America had a bunch of, like, fuck big fuck-off sloths just roaming around fucking shit up, like, it'd be a much more interesting place to live, I think. That'd be pretty cool. The world does not need sloth paladins, okay? Look, I... That says you. <laughs> But yeah, we brought we brought Takedo, now a big strong chestnut, into the gym alongside Peanut, who is our big girl Meowstic. We we brought oh god, we th- this party was tight. We struggled to bring in everything we need, and that kind of bit us in the ass a little bit. Um, we brought in Johnny, our our pincer. We brought in Donut the knit arena. Yep, that that's it. Uh, and then we brought in. Bear with me. This is going to seem strange. I promise you there was a logic. We brought in Sashimi, the Gyarados. We also brought in Yam, the Plusel. So we had a, a strategy for the for Clement that I thought was a pretty good one. But first, we had to get through all the trainers. I don't love this gym. Like, I, I think that the conceit of a quiz show gym is, is really kind of cool. But A... I don't feel like it is indicative of who Clement is as a person, which I feel like it kind of needs to be for this type of gym, if that makes sense. Like, it's very much like electric type is not about quizzes, so it should be about who he is. And it's not like Clement is about invention and engineering and puzzles. It's a Bonnie gym. It it is kind of a Bonnie gym. And that's unfortunate. Actually, no, it's not even that. It's a Blaine gym. We've had this. We've already had this. It was fucking Blaine back in Kanto. Just let it be his thing. It's fine. We've already done it. It's whatever. We did it. And we made our way through with relatively little trouble, leaning mostly into Peanut, our Meowstic, uh, until finally Peanut hit level in it. And we were like, le- over leveling became a very real concern in this gym, like a very real concern. Um, and finally, we started leaning into Johnny the Pincer. And at this point, we ran into the gym trainer, Magneton. And this motherfucker, we're hard moding, so I can't hit it with a super effective move. I could close combat it with fucking Johnny. Johnny could fuck this Magneton up, but I've already declared hard mode. If I do that, I lose all my points. So I'm like, well, Johnny hit hard. Couple returns ought to do it. So I return and deal a little over a third damage 
and the magneton uses mirror shot and deals about a third of my health. And I'm like, well, this is close, but we're faster. As long as there's no like healing item shenanigans, we should be fine here. We shouldn't need to swap out. So I return again, hit this thing down into the pretty low yellow. It goes for mirror shot and it crits and Johnny goes down, which, which sucks on a level that I can barely express. Like Johnny is, Pinsir is a mon that I genuinely love. Mega Pinsir is a great mega that I have almost never used because generally when I'm using megas, it's like on a competitive ladder. And by the time I started playing competitive, Mega Pinsir was just one of those mon that didn't really have a place anymore. Like it could be used in OU, but it wasn't one of the OU megas, right? Like it was hard to use on OU ladder. Especially by Gen 7 when you have Tapu fucking Coco running around, outspeeding and zapping everything, and Mega Pinsir is a flying boy. And also quad weak to Stealth Rocks if it switches out, which is a problem. So I was really happy to use it, and, and now, obviously, he's gone, he's done, into the, the Shadow Realm for our boy. I could, I could only be so mad, though, because, like, I even had the thought, I was like, well, I'm dead to crit here. But I don't have a better option to switch into. Like, I just got to press the button and pray. Sometimes you get the Nuzlocke gods. Sometimes they get you. As we will be talking about later, because I got them and they got me quite a lot this week, I think. But we made our way through the gym trainers. and We finally made our way to Clement himself. And so our strategy for this gym, we wanted to lean into Takedo. My thought process being Takedo big, Takedo strong. I, I know... I know, I did not look up, but I know because I've played Pokemon X and Y more than any sane person has ever had a reason to. I know that that Heliolisk has Grass Knot. I know it's there. So I know I don't want to like train up my Hippopotas and bring it in here. I don't want to train up Sweet Baby Potato because Sweet Baby Potato is going to also go to the Shadow Realm to that big bad lizard friend. So my thought process is, okay, well, I can boost up Takedo. Now, I had the thought of, well, why don't I boost it up with Swords Dance? It can learn Swords Dance. I have the Swords Dance DM. Swords Dance real good. Let's do Swords Dance. But then I was like, no, let's not do Swords Dance because I would also like to get Clement to waste some of his potions. So let's use Power Up Punch. Well, looking at Clement's team, he has a Magneton, which no can Power Up Punch, super effective bad times. A Heliolisk, which no can Power Up Punch, super effective bad times. And a Moga, which, yes, can power up punch. Amolga can flying move. Takedo no likey flying. So it's like, how do I make this work? So I decided that the way that I make it work is I lead out with Sashimi. I lead out with Sashimi to bait the electric type attack. If anything is going to electric type attack a thing ever, they're going to electric type attack into a fucking Gyarados. And we turn one hard swap out into Yam. So the Thunderbolt, the theoretical Thunderbolt goes off. We then encore the Amolga into Thunderbolt. Switch into Takedo, begin to power up punch. This is the plan. We also could then leech seed and, and spiky shield so that we can like stay on the field longer. But the plan was to get Takedo to plus six before this Amolga dies. So we can then just seed bomb everything through resistances, through whatever, and just boom. So we send out Sashimi, our Gyarados. Clement sends out his Amolga. We hard swap into Yam, our Plusle, and Amolga Volt switches. Into the Heliolisk. And so I'm like, well, that plan's fucked. <laughs> because, like, Yam is not a hardy friend, 
is not a swole boy. I'm not going to be able to switch Yam back into another attack. And even if I could, like, the Heliolisk is already here. I can't set up before it's here. It here. So at that point, I decide, I'm like, well, I'm in front of this thing. I have special attacking Pokemon on my party. Let's go ahead and fake tears it and see what attack it wants to go for. So I fake tears into the Heliolisk, and it goes for a quick attack. And I go, yes, great, good, lock it into that, and I, I encore it. And I take another quick attack. And that Volt Switch and those two quick attacks is enough to put Yam in rough shape. So I'm like, Yam, buddy, you got to come back out. Uh, and ultimately, we go back out into Donut and Arena, which in hindsight probably did not super matter that I encored that Heliolisk into quick attack against Donut. Because Donut don't care about no Thunderbolt. Uh, Donut don't particularly care about no Grass Knot. Although, again, as Anna pointed out, very, very true. Always possible this thing just has Surf, which would have been bad. So it's it's locked into quick attack. It can't do anything. It's also at minus two Spadef. So we just Vino Shock and send it to the Shadow Realm. It's, it's gone. It's done. Time to du- 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 duel. So then, then the Magneton comes out. Why does the Magneton come out against my Nidorina? I'm not sure. That feels like a bad plan to me personally. But I I cannot ground attack it. So maybe maybe Clement knew something. He knew something about the game that I was playing. So my only choice here really is to hard swap into into Takedo or Chestnut. And this Magneton proceeds to set up an electric terrain and i'm like well i'm pretty bulky i got a lot of hp i resist this should be fine it's not fine guys uh, thunderbolt in electric terrain from magneton was hitting takito for a quarter of his health plus every turn like it was doing a, a ludicrous amount of damage for a not fully evolved pokemon into a resistance into a resistance wall it was dumb but takito had leftovers we were able to get a leech seed off and then we were able to spiky shield and leftovers plus leech seed recovery on a protect turn is a lot. It is a lot. And so Takedo by alternating seed bomb and spiky shield was able to keep himself hardy enough to bring down this magneton. And actually by the time it stopped to hyper potion itself and then stopped again to reset the electric terrain, Takedo was at full health when the magneton went down. Takedo 100% did his job here. The Emolga comes out again, one final time. And I look at this thing and I'm like, that thing is a flying type. That is quad effective against Takedo. That's a problem. We always knew that was going to be a problem. So I spiky shielded once to get the, the chip damage. I was like, well, let's see whether you have a physical flying move or a special flying move, because that matters here, right? Let's see if you want to go for aerial ace or if you want to go for air cutter. We spiky shield, it goes for aerial ace and it takes... Spiky shield damage. I'm like, okay, I'm physically defensive. I bet I can eat one of those and get a leech seed off. This was the most unnecessary and stupid risk <laughs> I think I have ever taken in a Nuzlocke because I did not need to leech seed this fucking Amolga. I could have gone out to Donut. What is this Amolga going to do to Donut, y'all? What? Look at it funny? Not much. But we stayed in and we leech seeded into the Amolga. And it aerialized, and it did 75 fucking percent of Takedo's health. <laughs> this Amolga, like the wind looks at Takedo and he goes, ah, my face and body. But we lived it. It was fine. And then we switched out. I think we actually switched out into Sashimi, got an Intimidate off, and then into Donut. And Donut just sat there and Vino shocked until it was dead. And that was the gym. 
once again, Gym Leader, despite my plan crumbling into molecules within minutes of initiating it, Jim went fine. The Gym Leader went fine. It's the trainers that have been so deadly on this series and, and that were ultimately the doom of our sweet boy Johnny, leaving us with no mega option. I think I forgot to actually mention, but our our egg off of the Ramos Gym, guys. We pulled an egg out of the egg box for the Ramos Gym. Guess what's inside? You'll never guess what was inside. What was inside was a Tropius, but not just any Tropius, a motherfucking level 100 Tropius. Someone had a technical problem when preparing this egg, it would seem. So it got re-rolled into a uh, Cleffa nicknamed Bold by Nature, sent in by Aliara. Thank you very much, Ali. Which was our, the second Ali egg this season. Your Chansey, Anna, was also one of Ali's eggs. So Some good eggs. Giving us all the tools to infuriate each other with. I appreciate that. We we shortened that to bold because I don't want to say the whole thing every time I'm saying that mom's nickname. So there you go. But yeah, not not a mega option, certainly. So we have no mega left. And so we went to our egg box hoping against hope for a mega. Now we were forced to retire Yam into the egg box, which is another one that really I would have much rather kept on the team, but I needed every spot on the team going into this gym to be something useful. And I'm sure glad that I did, even though Yam, I suppose you could argue about the extent of Yam's utility, but I mean, at the end of the day, like that, that Heliolisk was almost a non-factor and it probably would not have been if it had not been locked into quick attack and minus two spadef. So Yam did his job and retired with honor. We hoped and prayed for a clutch mega, and we pulled out an egg that was nicknamed Claude. C-L-O-D Claude, as in our good friend Claude Nine, who submitted this egg named after himself, which is maybe a touch egotistical, but, you know, I, that's fine. I'm here for it. Now, anyone who knows our good friend Claude can probably guess what's coming next, because out of this egg did not come the clutch, exciting mega encounter we were hoping for. No, my friend. Inside this egg is a butt skunk. A mother fucking butt skunk. We got a stunky named Claude. A, a legitimately good stunky. Like, no, no real shade on Claude here. Sent in a very good Pokemon. Not the good Pokemon I needed right this minute, but a very good Pokemon. Nonetheless, probably would have been much more appreciated if my team were not already half poison. But here we are. Thank you very much for the butt skunk, Claude. I will do my best with him to make you proud. So at this point, it was time to train the team. And I was looking through my options. And I actually, like, the more I looked, I was like, you know, Meatballs is not a bad dug trio. Meatballs is not a bad dug trio at all. Meatballs is adamant natured, has a perfect attack IV, and a perfect speed IV. Like, barring Arena Trap, that's about as good as a dug trio is ever going to get. It's real fast, hits reasonably hard, and has reasonable coverage. Like, it came knowing Sucker Punch. I was like, I could actually probably use this. Like, this is probably a really good revenge killer um, against some of the threats that are giving me problems. So I set about training Meatballs. And at the recommendation of someone in my YouTube comments, um, God, I forgot to look up the name. I apologize. But shout out to you. You know who you are. I was using the Route 13 Desert as a training spot because it's a really great training spot. There's a ton of fully evolved Doug Trios that give a lot of EXP there. And as I was going through that Route 13 Desert, Fate reached down a hand and said, Not today, young meatballs. We have another plan 
for this Nuzlocke run. And we encountered our first Generation 6, our first 3DS era shiny on the BBR series. A shiny gibble that we caught and named Ravioli. So we now have the future chomp. The once in future chomp on the squad. Mandated on the squad, which was immediately like, well, I was actually kind of excited to use you, Meatballs, but back to the box with you, you're banished. So now I have this level 20-something Gibble that needs to be trained from scratch. I've already leveled the entire team basically to level limit, which means I can't really lean into the, the Battle Chateau, which is what I've been using largely to grind and is very, very good. He's really too low to do Route 13, and I don't have anything to like power level him with with the EXP share. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess we're just going to have to go back to Route 6, to the Bushes, and the Odd Nose. And this is when fate proved that it has a very fickle sense of humor. Because once again, the screen shined. But this time it shined for an Odno. A shiny Odno. It's not even a regenerator Odno, guys. It's it's just it's just a, a bad pig. A bad ear pig. We named her Gelato and we are contractually obligated to use her. I'm not going to lie. The day you uh, picked up that... The shiny gibble and sent the screenshot just to like be like hype. And I was like, well, now there are two chomps. That's not great. Cause I was really relieved when you got like a Doug trio and I was like, oh, I don't got to worry about that. Good. <laughs> and you're like, nope, you got this, this shiny chomp. And I'm like, well, this is legitimately hype. That's about as hype of, of a shiny that you can find like on, on a run, particularly on a Nuzlocke. And I'm like, it's whatever. And I, like, went back to whatever the fuck I was doing, and I came back an hour later, and I think you posted something like, well, now this is just getting ridiculous. <laughs> there was just a screenshot of this fucking shiny pig, and I was like, well, that's... Okay. I looked up at the sky, and I went, okay, Nuzlocke gods. I guess that's fine, then. It was literally 15 fucking minutes. It was, it was stupid. It was dumb. I was so mad. Um, but here we are. We have the double shiny. We are required to bring both of them everywhere we go. Neither can go in the bank, which I guess, I guess credit where credit's due. That, that is a point in Gelato's favor, at least, because we're past the fighting gym. Not weak to anything. Normal is neutral. I have to bring this fucking Gabite now into the fairy gym next week. I have no option there. So that's cool and good. I've been trying very hard to rotate Eggmon in and out and give them all like a good spotlight and a good try, considering that you were all kind enough to send them in. Please be understanding if I can use less of them moving forward, considering that a third of my team has been mandated by the fucking Nuzlocke gods. Yeah, and what's really, really spooky about this is the fact that now you only have four Pokemon to trade away after every chip. 100%. Like, that's something we talked about before the series is like, well, are shinies like valid? Like, no, they're, they're fateful encounters. You keep them. Like, and, and that means I can only bring four things in to bring one of them potentially to put in the egg box. And if that thing dies, then I'm down to like literally half my team is uh, for options. Even. Well, before we get to it, what happens if all your Pokemon die except your shinies? Well, I mean, I think at that point, huh? I guess that is a good point. If you walk out of there with nothing but shiny Pokemon alive, does one go in the egg box or is there just no egg? Or do you lose an egg? Or, or at that point, is there just a hand of kindness that says, Take this egg. You had a bad day. 
If we ever get there, we'll let you know, audience. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was my week in gameplay. I again double shiny, giving me real end of platinum vibes in a way that I am not entirely comfortable with. But this is this is the world that we live in. So <laughs> I guess with that out of the way, hey Celeste, <laughs> how how was your chapter of gameplay this week? How was how was Nuzlocke to you? All right. We're on the tail end of two other people talking about this, so I'll try to make this quick. But at the start, we wanted to get our Route 8 battle out of the way. So we started at the city near Route 8 and went surfing to go find that trainer. On along the way, we picked up the Roost TM, which is very, very good. And then we fought that trainer after finding him and figuring out where the spot was to fight him. That went pretty smooth. And then we went and ran to get to the actual content. When we start in Route 12, I ended up deciding to go through the grass. I, honestly, I'm kicking myself. I didn't think about grabbing the gift Lapras, but I got a Chadot, which at the time I was excited for because I was like, hey, another option for flying battles. Um, No, it's not. And I found that out abruptly in Azure Bay. We went through and skipped as many trainers as possible, abusing the Skiddo to basically run us past trainers because they ignore you. Oh god, neither of us even mentioned riding the Skiddo. That's so, that's so cool. I fucking love all the rideable Pokemon in Kalos. I think they're all really rad. Oh, yeah, riding the Skiddo is a lot of fun. And I love how it makes trainers ignore you, because it made for a much easier time of trying to avoid XP. So, in Azure Bay, we avoid all the trainers. We go and get another TM, which was Excisor, in there. And on exploring, we fought the first Sky Battle up in the top left of the map. And that was no issue, really. Um, I think the most scary thing they had was a evolved form of the Fletchling. Uh, Fletchinder? Fletchinder, yes. And so we had to be very careful not to get fire into our very <laughs> multiple bird. Beyond that, we got through that. We ran into a Mantike in the water. And that thing would not get in a Pokeball. I think I threw like 15 different types of Pokeballs at it trying to catch it. and. It just took forever, and it finally got in one, and so we caught it. And then the second Sky Battle had a Sigilyph. I was like, fine. I was leading my Sigilyph at the time. Um, I had taught my Sigilyph Flash to deal with anything crazy, and I'm really glad I did, because the first move the Sigilyph uses is Charge Beam. And so I sit there flashing the Sigilyph <laughs> to make it miss, and after I felt comfortable, I switched into <laughs> my Skarmory and proceeded to destroy it, but... <laughs> That could have gone bad. I can't believe you taught a Pokemon Flash for combat purposes. <laughs> Sky battles are spooky, and I need every edge I can. So, the rival battle in the city is not an issue. Caleb has three Pokemon, and we just kind of run over them with my Bidoof, and then I believe we finish it off with my Skarmory. It was just no threat. The gym trainers, interestingly enough, as we said, were Pokemon Rangers for some reason in the grass gym, but they were no issue. We got up to Ramos. I decided to just lead out Yumyun. Um, we got acrobatics by Jump Bluff, which was a surprise. And I proceeded to yawn at the Jump Bluff to put it to sleep and power up punch on Yumyun. And basically just swept the gym by getting big with <laughs> power up punch and then body slamming everything to death. And then our egg for this time was a Piplup named Picard. Who sent that in? That was uh, our good friend Simisir, Zach. Awesome. It's good to have that back, because I was very sad when Picard died to two frickin' Murkros, doubling into Pursuit. We traded in Greta for him. 
As we're leaving the city after beating the gym, Lysander calls us, and it's a really weird phone call, talking about making the world more beautiful, and it just felt like a crazy guy was calling this. I mean, accurate. It was. It's just like... It, you've seen you've seen the clips of Musk dressed up like fucking Wario. It's the same. It's the same thing. He's just Musk. <laughs> All right. So we headed to Route 13. We ran into a Doug Trio. I proceeded to try to switch Pokemon to make sure it wasn't Arena Trap, and it was Arena Trap. So we killed it, and we kept going. And then we run into a Gibble for the second encounter, and we caught the Gibble named Herrex and. That was about it for the desert because I didn't have any rock smash at the time. So we head towards the power plant where there's a team player member outside with, I forget what his other mon was, but he had a Golbat and it actually had acrobatics. It hit really hard and scared the crap out of me. And he ended up being the scariest part about team player because once we beat him and took his card, which he gave a hint saying that you would need an item detector, even though it was just a rock right next to him. You grab that and you get, take the key card and go into the circle of... Team Flare members that don't do anything except make you worry about XP because there's so many freaking trainers this section. We got through the Team Flare, the Team Flare admins. The bald Team Flare member was interesting because everyone else has red hair. He decided he's an admin. He doesn't care. Screw uh, conforming to hair standards. I don't know. But yeah, after that, we went into the city. Before everything else, we got ready for the gym. And then we had a light show with Shauna. Which, why the power of science to light up a building? Come on. I mean, it's not inaccurate. Like It's not, but it's not exciting either. He, he, he makes it look like he puts on a show of like it's going to be this amazing thing. And it's just these lights going up a tower. Listen, that's entertainment for small children like Sean. She's not <laughs> capable of complex thought. She likes pretty glittery things that are bright and shiny. And... She likes this guy because he gave her a buzzer to solve quizzes. Uh, but yes, I don't know why. But after that, we go into the gym. I mean, like, it's, like, how people people gather around in, like, major cities for the lighting of the city's Christmas tree. Like, this is a major monument. It's, like, it's a thing. I mean, I think they're trying to allude to the Eiffel Tower and how they have lights on the Eiffel Tower. No, it's 100. Like, it is. It is literally. It's not even an illusion. It's not. It's not subtle. It's the fucking Eiffel Tower. Well, we know that. <laughs> but the lights on the Eiffel Tower are more interesting than the lights for this one. It's a, it's a 3DS video game, Celeste. What do you want? I don't know. Not windows lighting up. Ly- Lysander's head takes up half the screen. You have to use your brain. <laughs> Like, you have to see it in your mind's eye. (laughs) So, yeah, the power of science or dot 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 lights. So, honestly, this gym, it's a quiz game. It's not the worst, not the best. But for our format, it fucking sucks. It fucking sucks that I have to fucking play as Shauna in this fucking gym just so I can fight all the goddamn fucking traitors. You know... You're just trying to make Shauna feel better. You know, I th- I had this thought as I was doing this is what would we do if someone failed at Pokemon and got the question wrong by getting it right and not fighting all the trainers? <laughs> You'd lose that gem. <laughs> because those questions are easy. I mean, I could I could see particularly for someone who is not I, I, as into mons as like i am personally like which one of these is vivian with the silhouette of vivian and motham 
Like, I could see somebody legitimately getting that wrong. But you're talking about me and Anna, who love Vivian. That's fair, I guess. But, like, it's not such an incredibly distinct silhouette that it's, like, impossible to goof that up on a glance. Fair. But, yeah, I, I, it just felt weird answering all those questions wrong just so I could fight trainers. We got to him. And for this for this battle, I had planned to lead it out with our Charizard, go into Megaform, because then I wouldn't have to care about electricity, because we'd hit me Dragon-type, and just do as much damage with Charizard before I had to switch out. We brought in our Evolved Gibble, our Gibite, and we brought in our Hippopotas, and I want to say our Florges. I'm drawing a blank now on who I brought. Well, if you don't remember them super well, they probably didn't do much and are pretty unimportant. Yep, we brought in Yum Yum. And we brought in, oh, Molly, which was my, um, what's the evolved form of the cat? Meowstick. Meowstick, yes. And we actually used Molly to clear out the entire gym until we hit level 37. And then we cleared the rest with everyone else. But so we let out Charizard. And I had a citrus berry on him instead of his evolution stone. So he didn't want anything to do with this gym. So I was down to Pokemon. I just had to swap. So I hard swapped into Argabite. Argabite. Destroyed the Amolgo with no issue. Out comes the Magneton. We do a little damage to the Magneton, and it starts doing chunks, even with Eviolite, onto our Gabite. So we pull out Gabite and switch into our Hippopotas, Claudia. Basically, what happens between Magneton and Claudia is a RNG battle where I'm crunching, and they're using Mearshot. And so my accuracy is going down, and I'm hoping for defense downs. And eventually the battle wins to in Claudia's favor and Magneton goes down. Out comes Heliolisk. And I don't know about frickin' Grass Knot, so I return into the Heliolisk. Grass Knot hits. I don't watch Claudia's HP just shoot down. I'm panicking, and it stops at 15 HP. So I pull her the fuck out. We switch into Yumyun, and Yumyun just f- finishes off the Heliolisk. And then, honestly, sadly, because Molly did a good job, I gave up Molly for an egg. But it turned out to be an amazing egg. I, I really feel bad for Anna right now. Um, you guys sent me a Bulbasaur with a Megastone. I now have a perfect IV Bulbasaur, <laughs> which is now a Venusaur. <laughs> Who sent that, by the way? That was sent in by Eros Farron. Thank you, Eros. <laughs> it happens. Eggs happen. Eggs do happen. And that was my week uh, on a short summary. <sighs> All right. All right, guys. Um, well, that is... Our, our weekend gameplay, and we have, of course, reached the point where we must bid a very fond farewell to the good friends who will not be carrying with us into the next section of gameplay. And this time, that's just me, you guys. And Johnny, I, I'm real sorry, bud. I am, I'm real sorry for what went down here. In hindsight, I should have worked harder to keep you around. I I was very worried about EXP gaining that gem, and for very good reasons. And I made a conscious decision to roll the dice, and you were probably the one boy on that team that I should have rolled absolutely zero dice on. Mistakes were made, and you were lost, but I will never forget your great contributions to the squad. I, I will miss you, particularly tonight when I imagine I'm about to get my cheeks absolutely destroyed. But I'll miss you regardless, because you were a good friend and a good angry bug. And yeah, we'll, we'll see you around, bud. Johnny, I will absolutely miss watching you close combat into a Snorlax every fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Yumyun owns you all. 
Yeah, Yumyun went from being a non-factor to a big fucking problem real fucking quick. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, is where we are, guys. And uh, of course, where we are is coming into PvP. And coming into PvP this week, Anna remains in last place, but continues to build slowly but surely. I think I can. I think I can. With a score of 390 points. I remain in second, but due to our unfortunate death, I was unable to close the gap at all. I remain exactly 70 points behind with a score of 510. Celeste continues to dominate the top of the leaderboard with a score of 580. As always, last week's big winner must defend the stick first, and that was once again Celeste. Celeste, who will you be battling first this week? Let's go, Steven. For the fourth week in a row... Here we go. All right, folks, it's the first match of the night. Celeste has brought Raichu, Charizard, Florges, Snorlax, Skarmory, and Breloom, whereas Steven has brought his Shiny Audino and Shiny, Shiny Gabite, as well as Takito the Chestnut, Gyarados, Skuntank, and Meowstic. Our competitors are just getting their entry party order lined up, and then we will be starting. All right, here we go. Celeste leads out with Brad the Raichu, whereas uh, out comes Sashimi the Gyarados for Steven. Getting that Intimidate off on the way in, Gyarados is switched out in favor of Gabite, that very blue Gabite. Brad tries the Thunderbolt, but it is immune out. Celeste withdraws Raichu in favor of Benson the Charizard, and Gabite is also switched out for Claude the Skuntank. Here comes the mega evolution of this Charizard into our mustachioed friend, Mega Charizard X. Claude, the Skuntank uses Toxic, putting a timer on this here Charizard. A Fire Fang, though, putting in some good work on uh, Claude doing well over half. And Steven decides it, Claude has had enough. Out comes the Gyarados, getting the Intimidate off. On Charizard, it switches into a Fire Fang, but obviously that doesn't do a ton of damage. We got some Toxic damage chipping away. Celeste switches out Charizard in favor of Starscream, Skarmory. And out comes the Pig for Steven. Starscream sets up these Sneaky Pebbles. And Gelato uses Thunderbolt, which is really, really cool. Uh, does probably about... More, a little more than 25%, probably close to 30% damage to Starscream. Who takes this opportunity to roost on the next turn? While Gelato once more uses Thunderbolt and only really does about 10-15% uh, that time. Skarmory gets switched out for Celeste in favor of this wonderful fighty Breloom. And literally at the same time, uh, Audino exits uh, in favor of Meowstic, who has been absolutely phenomenal for Steven this season. Celeste withdrew Breloom and sent out Yumyun. It switches into a fake out, which really doesn't do too much. Meowstic is switched out in favor of Chestnut, and Yumyun yawns, making Takito a little drowsy. 
this has been a pretty switch heavy, careful calculated game. And we see that once again as Chestnut swaps out to avoid falling asleep and Gelato the Oddno comes back out for Steven. Celeste withdrew Yumyun and sent out Song the Forges. It doesn't stay in long because out comes the Scun Tank for Steven. It switches in on a protect turn, which obviously is a moot point since Song didn't get attacked. And Claude uses Toxic on Song. And Song was badly poisoned. Song uses Wish. Celeste withdrew Song this turn and switches out into Benson, the Charizard. It switches into a Venushock, which does a significant amount of damage, nearly dropping Benson uh, into the grave, but it lives on a sliver, gets the wish, uh, and after toxic damage is sitting at about half. Claude exits in favor of Gelato, the Avna, and it switches into a Fire Fang from Benson, which knocks Gelato down under half. That was a pretty significant hit there. And the poison damage brings Benson down under half at this point. Celeste withdraws Benson in favor of Song, who comes into a return that does maybe 15% damage. A little bit of chip damage on that poison. Gelato gets swapped out in favor of Claude once more. Takes some some good damage from those sneaky pebbles on his way in and Song wishes once more Celeste withdrew Song in favor of Brad the Raichu it comes into a Venushock which drops it down to about half uh, and then doesn't matter because the wish came true it's back up at full Claude gets swapped out in, in favor of Ravioli the Gabite and Brad having learned from his mistakes quick attacks not doing a significant amount of damage, but better than nothing. Celeste withdrew Brad, and Skarmory came out instead. Meanwhile, Gabite has honed its claws and is looking real spooky. Gabite comes back out in favor of Meowstic, and the whirlwind from Skarmory pushes Meowstic out as soon as it comes in, and instead, Claude comes out and is at like very, very, very low HP in the red after getting hit with the stones. The Skun Tank uses Flamethrower, which does a, a, a frankly near ridiculous amount of damage to the Skarmory, dropping it down into the yellow, the, the low yellow, almost red. But the Skarmory Brave Birds kills Claude, Claude Aftermaths, and does not kill Starscream, but then Starscream dies from the recoil. That was the most ridiculous series of events. Let's fucking go. <laughs> out comes Song for Celeste, and Meowstic comes out for Steven. It's Florges v. Meowstic. Peanut uses Fake Out once again. Song flinched and could not move, obviously. That toxic damage is still ticking away. Meowstic uses Psyshock. Bringing Song into the low yellow, Song wishes. With that toxic damage, things are looking a bit rough for Song. She's in the red now. Celeste withdrew Song. Out comes Benson into a Psy Shock from Meowstic. And that is not enough to drop Benson. And it receives the wish. That wish coming in particularly influential for Celeste this week. 
Peanut uses Size Shock once more. Benson is in the like mid-range yellow. A Shadow Claw from Benson finishes off Meowstic. Peanut has fallen. Mr. Peanut has fallen. Out comes Gyarados with that good Intimidate for Steven. Of course, it comes into the Sneaky Pebbles, so it loses some health there. Sashimi is sitting at just over half. Benson is probably sub 25, 20%, sub 20%. I did not get to see what Benson did to this Gyarados. It went too fast, but... It was a Shadow Claw. It was a Shadow Claw. Sashimi is looking pretty low, but does manage to finish off the Charizard with an Aqua Tail. But now Sashimi is facing down this mighty Breloom. Shiitake the Breloom uses Rock Tomb and ends Sashimi's life. Because this Breloom has been a straight killer since it showed up in this series. And out comes Takito for Steven. Chestnut has arrived. Chitaka uses Swords Dance, whereas Takito uses Power Up Punch, doing a critical hit and bringing, bringing the Breloom down uh, below half. Takito uses Spiky Shield, and Breloom used Mock Punch, but was unable to get through and took some damage. Another Mock Punch from Chitaka drops Takito to like roughly 25%, but another power-up punch finishes off the Breloom. The crit earlier, I think, really mattered in this exchange. But now we're looking at two stages up Chestnut. Out comes Brad the Raichu, and a spiky shield from Chestnut prevents a Thunderbolt. Meanwhile, Takito's been healing up with, with lefties and is looking more in the healthy yellow range now. A Thunderbolt from Raichu is not enough to kill Takito, but it does bring him really, really low. Takito Leech Seeds, trying to get some of that good, good, good health back. Nom, nom, nom. And Raichu Thunderbolts one more time and drops Takito. I was sure you were going to call the Spiky Shield and swap out, you know. I had no reason to swap there. I mean, to prevent the the Leech Seed recovery. Yeah, but... Out comes Goodbye for Steven, and Celeste wants none of that, withdrawing Raichu uh, immediately. This gives Goodbye an opportunity to hone claws once more. Song, the floor just was the switch in for Celeste, who is not looking real healthy, if we're being completely real. Still toxic poison and sitting very, very low. The Goodbye uses Bulldoze and drops Song. Out comes Yumyun for Celeste. Ravioli uses Dragon Rush and does uh, probably about 30, 30% onto Snorlax. Snorlax yawns, making Ravioli real sleepy. And that, my friends, is a very risky proposition considering that Steven is down to uh, two Pokemon, one of, one, one of which is the, the very good pig. Ravioli is staying in, hone clawing again. Whereas Yummy uses power up punch. It doesn't do a ridiculous amount to Gabite, but Snorlax is now a, a little a little more heft, and Gabite is taking a nap. Ravioli is asleep, and Yummy uses body slam. 
And that plus one body slam is enough to put Goodbye in the grave. Yeah, at that point, my only real hope was to get a lucky sleep roll. Um, I, I misplayed in bringing out Takeda when I did. I needed him for the Yum Yun in game, but that's that's life sometimes, I guess. <laughs> that's Pokemon, baby. It is. Oh, and that's, Connection to the Rim lost. You know what? That's fine at this point. That just speeds things up. That was the direction that was going. Uh, good game, Celeste. Good game. Uh, that was some good tech. I, I I'm kicking myself because I told like literally you can play back the team builder. I told myself, hey, Takito is here for Yumyun. Takito has to stay healthy until Yumyun is like because I I knew you were gonna save him towards the end. It made sense. Ah, it's that's that's what happens when I get hasty and get greedy. But you know, it's like midnight on a Sunday, so we need to get this shit over. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's way too late for this. I'm tired and making misplays too, as you saw in that game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's another another 30 points in Celeste's book, although at least I feel good for giving her the best damn fight she's had all season. That, that was a good fight. <laughs> um, and that means that Anna, you are up next. Good luck, hon. <laughs> yeah, thanks. All right, guys, we are back with our second battle of the evening. It is Anna's turn to take her lumps, potentially, hopefully not. I'm rooting for someone, anyone to beat Celeste at some point in this season. Anna is bringing Fame, her Grand Bull, Samsara, her newly evolved starter, Delphox, and Rose, her Roserade, for old familiar stalwart faces. But she also has some new friends on the team, including Sargesso, the Octillery, Echo, the Metacham, with that good, good Megastone, and Falconer, the Star Raptor. So some good new blood here. Um, Celeste, meanwhile, bringing a team that is primarily composed of old favorites, including Brad, her Raichu, Song, her Florgis, Yumyun, her Snorlax, Shiitake, her Breloom, Starscream, her Skarmory, and Bella, her brand new Mega Venusaur. Guys, are you ready? Yep. Yep. All right, you may begin. All right, and here we see Anna leading very aggressively with Echo the Metacham. The boy is here, ladies and gentlemen, against Brad the Raichu. And we do see Echo the Metacham mega evolving for the very first time this season. All those cool, cool ribbon hands. And Echo is going to go for a fake out into Brad. Always a risky proposition, frankly, given the static, but no static triggering. And fake out dealing half of Brad's health. That is honestly disgusting. Ouch. Uh, we then see... Echo is going to swap out, not wanting to risk a paralysis, I'm sure, in favor of Rose the Roserade uh, into a Thunderbolt from Brad the Raichu. Uh, Rose resisting, but still taking a good chunk of damage. Brad just is an absolute killer with those T-Bolts. And Brad swapping out this turn in favor of Starscream the Skarmory, who is swapping into a resisted Giga Drain from Rose the Roseray, dealing not much damage at all, but giving a, a little bit of recovery to, to Rose, which I'm sure she appreciates. Uh, between that and, and Leftover, she is looking pretty healthy again. Okay, and we do see Rose come back in favor of Sargesso the Octillery, as Starscream does set up its signature Sneaky Pebbles. And we do see Starscream coming back for Celeste in favor of Song the Florgis. Song is going to switch into a Surf from Sargesso, uh, which is going to deal, honestly, for, for a special tank, the caliber of Florgis, not an inconsiderable amount of damage, not a lot of damage, but like it, it hit. Song is going to remember that it was touched, which is more than a lot of special attackers can say, frankly. And Sargesso comes back in favor 
of Rose the Roserade. As Song uses Wish back up to its old bullshit, frankly. And we're going to see Song switch out, passing that wish, and this time passing it to Starscream the Skarmory. Not sure Starscream really needed the wish, to be honest, uh, but Starscream is going to switch into a stun spore. It does need a doctor, as it is now paralyzed. But good news, it's gone from 90% health to 100% health, in case you were worried. And Rose the Roserade is going to come back in favor of Samsara, that fully evolved fire starter for Anna, making the field for the first time, although taking a not insignificant chunk of damage to the Sneaky Pebbles on the way in, and then on the way back out, as Celeste just leans into that whirlwind, dragging out fame. He's gonna live forever. He's gonna intimidate this bird. Uh, Fame does take Stealth Rocks on the way in, but also has leftovers and gives very little fucks, frankly. Oh, crap. I pressed the wrong button. Sometimes it'd be like that. Yep. And we're going to see Fame swap back out this turn in favor of Sargasso, that Octillery, once more, taking Sneaky Pebbles on the way in. And Starscream is paralyzed. Whatever wrong button Celeste pushed does not matter. (laughs) Yes, you don't get to see my stupid. As Starscream does nothing. Starscream does switch out this turn. Uh, Hopefully that was the correct button in favor of Song of Forges. That was the correct button. Yes. As Sargesso uses a charge beam that does not even land. So oftentimes when special attackers hit Song, it's like they did nothing. This time, Sargasso actually did nothing. And Sargasso does come back in favor of Rose the Rosary. As Song once more uses the wish. And Song comes back out once more for Celeste, this time into Starscream. A mon who could not possibly need that wish any less, um, especially because Starscream switches into a Venoshock, which you might recognize does nothing. We're going to be here all fucking night. I'm sorry. This is just how my team works. And Rose comes back in favor of Sargasso the Octillery. Starscream uses Whirlwind, but hey, guess what, Buttercup? Sargasso has suction cups. I've been waiting to see that all fucking match. I called it out on my team builder, and I was so excited. Good fucking tech, Anna. I'm so sick of getting Whirlwinded. I was very (laughs) proud of you. I was like, why? There was a lot of water encounters. Why? Oh, I know why, (laughs) Artillery. Them suction cups. Sargasso has become Death, Destroyer of Worlds. Except that kind of not really, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean... It needs to get through a flower. Sargasso does come back in favor of Falconer, the star after, who does take Sneaky Pebbles damage on the way and gets an Intimidate off on Starscream, who then immediately swaps out. That doesn't seem fair, frankly, uh, into Song. Oh, well, the Intimidate would not have mattered to Song. Song is always scared. That's her secret. She's always frightened. Song uses Protect this turn, I guess, to scout out the move, I guess. And Falconer uses Return. And Song is going to come back out for Celeste in favor of Starscream the Skarmory once more. We just fucking live here. And Falconer stays in and uses close combat into the Starscream. And unfortunately, Anna, I know them feels. Uh, and that feels like a move that should be much more effective than it is, frankly. <laughs> um, it does a, a chunk, but a, a manageable chunk to Starscream, uh, who deals, frankly, more damage back in return with Rocky Helmet and then with Brave Bird finishing off the bird. After recoil, Starscream is down in the yellow. And Samsara, the breaks in coming out for Annabeth. 
taking a bunch of damage from the stealth rocks, but then eating a berry, getting back up nice and healthy. Have a good little snack there, Samsara. We're all very proud of you. And of course, Starscream does come out because for every problem, there is a wall. Um, and out comes Song the Floor just once more into a mystical fire. Good news, Song is going to deal less than the zero damage that Song already dealt. And then we will see a light screen from Samsara further reducing Song's ability to deal zero damage. <laughs> I don't know what else you want me to do. I don't know, man. I got 49 minutes to run this out of time. Yep, Song uses Wish because Song has one button and boy, she's going to fucking push it. And Song is going to come the fuck back out again, which is the other button that Song has into Yumyun. She'll have more buttons sooner or later. Yumyun the Snorlax who eats a Psy Shock on the switch in, which does a non-negligible amount of damage, about a quarter, uh, which is then immediately healed up by the Wish. And Samsara stays in and uses Mystical Fire. Good news, Snorlax's special attack is going to go down. <laughs> Meanwhile, Yumyun uses Yawn because it, it, it life is despair at this point, frankly. It really fucking is. <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't need to apologize. I'm trying to win the series. Good news, y'all. Next week is doubles again. Okay, and we see Samsara come back in favor of Echo, that Mega Metacham. As Yumyun uses Body Slam, will there be a para? It does about half. No para. Could, could something maybe be about to die? If anything can do it, Echo will find a way. <laughs> That's very true. And Yumyun is going to come back. Who will go to the Shadow Zone? It will be Bella who comes in. Bella comes in on a high jump kick, which will probably not be a lethal resisted blow, but holy shit, that damage. Not lethal, but only, only by technicality, frankly, as Bella living with just the smallest sliver of health. And Bella is going to mega evolve for all the fucking good it is about to do her, I think. She eats an ice punch, which is no longer super effective due to Mega Venusaur's thick fat. However, again, she had all of 12 HP, so goodbye, Bella. Anna, bless you for killing something. And we do see Shiitake the Breloom coming out for Celeste. And Echo is going to come back out, not risking one of those vicious mock punches from Shiitake into Rose, the Roserade, uh, who does eat said mock punch. Not particularly well, because Shiitake is a goddamn deviant. Uh, Shiitake does take life orb damage, and Rose does restore HP with Black Sludge. Rose also, just in general, always very happy to be here. Just incredible animations on this on this girl. Boy, it's a boy. It's a boy. Pokemon is wild, man. It's Tuxedo Mask. It is Tuxedo Mask, you're right. But also Tuxedo Mask, girl, boy, not sure. Gender doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. I mean, I've been watching a lot of that show with my daughters, and all the best ships are gay anyway. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> Rose does come back in favor of Echo, that Mega Metacham, who switches into a Rock Tomb. Oh, no, which it lives but it's speed down, and that could potentially matter a whole fucking lot here. I really, really did not expect you to do that. We do see Echo faking out into Shiitake, which again is going to just hit it like a big fuck-off Mack truck. Brings it down to just under half health. Mega Metacham is painful. Mega Metacham is legitimately way faster than Breloom, but is it still faster at minus one becomes the operative question here. Echo can't switch out and back in. It will die 
to rocks. It doesn't matter who's faster because Breloom has priority. I don't think the Mach Punch would deal a ton to Mega Metacham, but it does enough when it has literally 12 health. Uh, and down goes Echo. And I think with Echo, any hopes that Anna had of pulling this shit show out. Oh, yeah. It's probably just a mess. I chalk it up the late night. Reasonably, Echo could have broken what remained of the defensive core. Like, the Starscream is low enough that it don't want to fuck with Mega Metacham. But you would have had to get through the mush first. Fucking technician. Technician is wild, man. Good job, Shitaki. Go sleep now. And yeah, Bullet Seed from Shitaki hits three times and just deals a fuck ton of damage to Fame, the Grand Bull, who responds with a return and finishes off the mushroom. However, the entirety of Celeste's defensive core still in the back. Yep, sure is. None of them come out, however, as instead it is Brad the Raichu who has come to claim this blood. It's yours. I, for one, appreciate Celeste going into a mod that has an attacking move. <laughs> As Brad thunderbolts and, and removes fame from existence. And Samsar the Delphox is going to come out for Annabeth. Down to about half health after the Sneaky Pebbles. Samsar is faster, which I think is really potentially important. If not for this week, then for future weeks, certainly. Lands a Mystical Fire and takes Brad out. However... Florges, Snorlax, and Skarmory are all still around, and out comes Yumyun the Snorlax to play. It's Yumyun's turn. It is Yumyun's turn. Now, Yumyun is about to eat a Psy Shock here, but as we had already previously established from my match against Celeste, Yumyun don't mind Psy Shock that much. Did you retrain Yumyun this week, Celeste? I feel like he took more from Psy Shock last week. No, I didn't. All right, fuck it. Uh, Yumyun does yawn and, and makes Samsara very sleepy. Um, and Samsara is going to come back out in response in favor of Sargesso, that uh, that good, good octopus pal, who's going to eat a power-up punch on the way in, which doesn't deal a ton of damage, but it doesn't have to. That's not what it's for. And Anna is going to go for a charge beam with Sargesso, hoping desperately for for literally anything. Uh, and does get the special attack boost, which is is great. Yumyun goes for another power up punch, just slowly and inexorably walking towards victory here. Yeah. And one more charge beam from Sargesso, taking it up to was was that plus three now? I guess a respectable boost. Still not doing shit for damage. Um, as Yumyun goes back to power up punch himself, is now at plus three attack and and is getting even spookier than Yumyun already was. And a surf at plus three from Sargesso finally does a respectable amount of damage to Yumyun, uh, but Celeste had the same thought and stopped fucking around and just went for Body Slam, and that was enough to uh, make Calamari of the Octopus. Hooray! You may notice one of these Mon is still alive with boosts. The other is absolutely not. Rose, the Roserade, comes out for Annabeth. And with the Hail Mary play, goes for a Grass Whistle and lands it. Yumyun is going nap-nap, and not the kind of nap-nap that heals him up that he likes to take. God, Yumyun's lefties have healed him back up into the green, which is just gross. Uh, Anna goes for Giga Drain, which actually, again, Roserade, stupid strong, actually deals a respectable amount of damage to Yumyun despite his good, good specialty. And Rose is looking kind of healthy again. And Rose is going to swap out in favor of Samsara the Delphox who's going to take Rock's damage once more on the switch in. Yumyun waking up and going for rest. He was still sleepy. All right. All right. 
So I'm going to go ahead and just vote that we reinstitute uh, the ban phase just mid-season. <laughs> <laughs> and just yeet that fucking bird into the Shadow Realm. No, it's fine. It's good. It, it was a good egg. Thank you, LA Caveman, for the egg, which is going to make me very sleepy in the morning. I'm sorry. It's, it's fine. It's like... I talked about this on my team builder this week, but the, the problem is, is that divine providence has handed you a very legitimate stall core, like a legitimate competitive stall core in Florgus and Snorlax and Skarmory. And two thirds of those are Nuzlocke Pokemon. So it's not like everyone sent you Stallmon to the egg box. Like, no, like two thirds of those you caught. They were Nuzlocke Mon. The problem there being, none of them share any weaknesses. They have different defensive stats, and you have a perfect switch in to anything that threatens. And the things that you would normally use on OU Ladder, for instance, to break stall, we don't have access to. And it's just, it's just frustrating. We're having to come up with very creative solutions. And as you can see, they only partially work. And if you play less than outside of your mind for even a second, they don't work at all. And that's just slow. the world we live in. By the way, Yumyun kept hitting things and they died. I think at this point, everyone knew what direction that was fucking going in, which is why I abandoned commentary altogether. <laughs> Listen, I killed three things. You did. I'll go back to my hole now. Anna, I'm very sorry that I robbed us of maybe our only chance this season of beating Celeste in singles PvP. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, have a good time, everybody. I gotta go fight Steven now. <laughs> yeah well oh, at, at, at least i can promise you this one will be shorter i don't know which way it's gonna go legitimately i don't that fucking meta jam but it will be shorter <laughs> all right we have anna with her delphox or octillery the mega meta jam the was it star raptor yep the roserade and the hippopotas or is it evolved now yeah it's evolved on now it's evolved now it's uh Hip out on, yes. And then Steven has the Audino, the Gabite, Takeda's full evolved form. What is that called again? Chestnut. It's so late. Chestnut, Gyarados, Basharp, Ponyard. It's still a it's still a baby. Thank God. Ponyard, yes. It's still a Ponyard. Thank God. And Nidoqueen. Are you two ready? Let's go. Yeah. I was sure you weren't going to bring the Roserade. I was fucking sure of it. I was like, I have a Meowstic that consistently like beats up this Roserade. Why would the Roserade come? And I didn't bring the Meowstic. I don't know. I legitimately don't remember anything at 1230 at night. That's fair. Anna leading out aggressively with that Mega Metasham that punches holes in things. And Steven leading out with Optimus the Ponyard. You might recognize this as a thing that does not want to be punched. It really doesn't want to be punched. Steven switching out into Shishimi the Gyarados. Shishimi intimidates Echo. Echo attack, attack goes down, but I don't know how much that is going to affect things. We'll see. Echo Mega Evolves, and now is that very hard-hitting Mega Metacham, and uses Fake Out, hitting for almost 30 HP after Intimidate, which is crazy. Anna pulls out Echo. Out comes Sargasso, the Octillery, taking a Thunder Wave on the switch. Oh no, I'm slow. <laughs> <laughs> Steven switching out Shishimi, and out comes Takedo, the Chestnut. Sargasso is paralyzed on the switch, so it's free. That was unfortunate. Oh, did you call the switch? I did. Ah, that sucks. I'm sorry, friend. I'm like, oh good. 
Oh good, a thing a good thing happened. No, good things don't happen here. Good things happen all the time. Says you, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't wanna hear that shit out of you. Hey, you won doubles. The one doubles as opposed to the three fucking singles. <laughs> Steven pulls out chestnut in favor of gelato. Anna pulls out Sargasso in favor of Falconer, the Raptor. Falcon Punch! Intimidating Gelato, which normally wouldn't matter versus a Audino. But this Audino showed that it had physical moves in the battle against me. I mean, what else are you going to teach the goddamn Anna pulls out Falconer, and out comes London. Sandstream is set up, so Sandstorm's up. And Gelato uses Thunderbolt, which doesn't hurt London. Gelato gets pulled back. And Steven throws Trishimi out to stare at this hippo, intimidating the hippo as it comes out. London uses Yawn, making Shishimi very sleepy. And Shishimi takes about five or seven damage from the Sandstorm. I didn't see the numbers move until it was too late. Steven pulls back Shishimi, and Takeda comes back out, and Anna pulls out London, and Echo comes back out for Anna. They both take some chip damage from the Sandstorm. The leftovers from Takedo heals him almost up, or all, completely up to full, actually. Yeah, lefties counteracts a weather. Anna pulls Echo back out, brings out Falconer, intimidating the chestnut. And Takedo uses a spiky shield, but it fails. A spiky shield from chestnut protects it from an aerial ace. The shield hurts Falconer a little bit, it looks like. I no feel good. And the sandstorm ends. Ravioli, ravioli, give me the dacioli. <laughs> It comes back out. <laughs> and Donut comes out. And Donut is the Nido Queen. Hey, Nido Queen, what's up? What the fuck? Nido Queen gets hit hard. What move was that? That was a return. return. Uh, that was a return. That that was banded as a motherfucker. Look at you. When did you get a choice banned? <laughs> Falconer hits the Nido Queen again, killing Donut. Poor Donut didn't get a chance to do anything. Falconer is a monster. When did you get a fucking choice band, though? I'm genuinely curious. I don't I don't have one. What? He used Aerial Ace. Oh, she used Aerial Ace. I'm not sure I believe you, ma'am. That's Silk Scarf Return. Okay. Well, still boosted. But still, I, 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 I would have bet dollars to pesos that was fucking choice. Yeah, Falconer used Aerial Ace. I'm an octopus. Good news, you're now double paralyzed. Double paralyzed. That was, that was an unfort crit. I brought out Optimus the Ponyard, who took an Aurora Beam on the switch in, which doesn't do much, but it did also crit. All right, Optimus sets up Stealth Rocks. He stole them from Skarmory. Uh, excuse you. <laughs> Op- Optimus has always been a proponent of the Sneaky Pebbles. <laughs> and Sargasso uses Surf, finishing off Optimus. Dark times in the kingdom. <laughs> I, I'm i pretty sure I just lose at this point. That's fine. Out comes Takedo. Anna pulls back Sargasso, and she sends out Rose. Takeda uses Leech Seed, which does not affect Rose, and Black Sledge heals Rose up a little bit. Steven switches from Takeda into Gelato. The pig is here. The shiny spider pig. pig. Spider pig does whatever a spider pig does. Eats a big fin of shock. But it only does about a quarter. Look out! Here comes a spider pig. <laughs> yes, Vinoshock knocks Gelato down about 50 health, but it has 150, so it didn't move much. And after lefties, it's at 114. I 
We've talked about this in previous seasons. I don't want to belabor the point. It is so incredibly fucking restricting having to, like, not only just say, hey, this mom is a part of the team that's on the roster, but having to bring it to every match. Like, it'd be one thing to have to be like, well, this odd knows on my PvP roster, and that sucks, but at least, like, that just means that they know I'm picking out of a roster of seven and the thing's not actually fucking coming. It has to fucking come, guys. I have to bring it. That's Chinese. I mean, I had to bring a Badoof to finals PvP. That Badoof won you finals PvP. You shut your whore mouth messing with fucking Sir Doof. I know, but at the time, nobody thought that that was going to happen. No, no, it was very much the Cinderella story, for sure. So Adonio uses return into London, who got swapped in. London doesn't care about the return, and then the Sandstorm could set up. London gives literally zero fucks about anything Gelato wants to do right now. And I'm sorry, this PvP commentary is going to be crazy, because I am very sleepy. I'm also talking a lot because I'm very tired. My partner is waiting for me to call him. (laughs) (laughs) Steven switches into Shashimi. Shashimi intimidates London. London uses Yawn. That's just rude, honestly. Making Shashimi very sleepy. Shashimi gets hit by the sandstorm. Steven switches out Shashimi in favor of Takedo, the chestnut. Anna switches out London. And out comes Sargasso. Hello, darkness, my old friend. So I, I guess to uh, to bury the lead, since it's utterly a non-factor now, my, my thought process here was that surely, surely Anna was not going to bring the Roserade. And as such, I could lean into Nitto Queen's Toxic Spikes to just kind of speed the whole game up. Anna switches into Rose. Rose takes a Seed Bomb that does practically nothing. And Takedo takes Sandstorm damage, but lefties will heal Takedo up the full again. Same for Rose. Except Rose is a little bit hurt. Rose uses Giga Drain, taking some of Takeda's health, and getting significantly healed, actually, from that. A power-up punch knocks, her, knocks Rose down the back where she was, and Takeda gets a, a attack boost. That's eh, not great. Takeda protects itself with a spiky shield, and Rose goes into a Venom Shock, but it's protected. Rose wants to be your friend so bad. Rose has flowers. I love Rosary. It's so fucking much. Jesus fuck! Oh god, a Venom Shock from Rose hits Takedo down very low as it power-up punches to try to get some more attack, but Takedo's looking like it's on death's door at the moment. Now look, I don't I don't talk shit about you when you're not looking your best. I'm not talking shit! That Venom Shock nearly killed Takedo from full! Yeah, that was, it wasn't good. Not a fan. I mean, Rose did a sizable chunk to Gyarados as a fucking Roselia during Double Sweep. Uh, yeah, Rose is good. A spiky shield protects this turn, causing it to be null as they heal up a bit from their items. I am a big believer in how good Rose is. I also just did not expect it to impact my face and or body in that manner. <gasps> <laughs> my body. Steven pulls back Takedo and switches in the Shishimi and intimidates Rose, but that really doesn't matter to Rose. Rose then Venishok's Shishimi. Like, look at these flowers. Shishimi takes a ton of damage. Shishimi is now at 26 HP, staring down Rose. And the Giga Drain from Rose finishes off Shishimi, healing Rose up to pretty much full after Black Sludge. I will now feed you my remaining children. I hope that they are delicious. I mean, they're all food, so that fits. The menu now is ravioli. Ravioli, ravioli, give me the deathioli. <laughs> <laughs> <He uses laughs> Anna pulls back Rose 
and sends out Sargasso, and Ravioli gets a free home clause on the Switch. That is extremely spooky. But you've got a Mega Metacham in the back. You already showed its moveset. I know what it's got. That is true. <laughs> a Dragon Rush from Ravioli, that plus one attack, almost kills Sargasso. That's... But it's at one health, pretty much, and then a berry heals it up for a little bit more. That's unfortunate. I didn't even get the dignity of being killed by the Metacham. And then Aurora Beam just kind of makes Ravioli crumple. It does not like ice. It, it gave me the death Eoli. Jesus. <laughs> oh, this PvP. God, I'm so sorry about all the stall. All right. Am I, am I, so out comes Takeda. Am I going to be allowed to kill literally one thing? No, not even one. Not nope. even one. Anna pulls back Sargasso. Listen, I've been eating dirt all season. <laughs> it sends out Rose. If I can take one PvP victory, I will do it. I don't blame you even a little bit, but it, that, that octopus was no longer useful to you, and we both know it. <laughs> I mean, I've done it to you too, Steven. You don't kill our babies. I do, frequently, actually. Just not today. <laughs> no. Takeda goes into a seed bomb, which hits Rose for not much, and then the next turn, a Venoshock finishes off Takeda. Come on, pig. The pig was going to sweep them all. Out comes Gelato for Steven. Staring down Anna's fully alive team. Anna pulls back Rose and goes into London. For a second, I thought you were going to do me the courtesy of killing me with the Metacham, but no. London sets up the Sandstream. You'd be so careful when you bring Metacham in anywhere. That's fair. Gelato uses Return, hitting London for a little bit. You, you could have sacked the octopus, but I forgot you're playing for goddamn differential at this point. I mean, I got nothing else. <laughs> I'm still miles behind you, even after this fucking TV <laughs> London uses Zeon. Poor Gelato can't swap out as it returns London down to half health, actually. I will I will smack this hippo for very small amounts of damage. This pig is smacking as hard as it can, but it is getting sleepy. That's a big mood, honestly. Like, I can't even be mad. Yeah. London uses Bulldoze, hitting Gelato down to... 84 HP and slowing it. Pig, the one thing you do is be fat. How did you just take so much damage from that? The pig's Max London again. Your commentary about this pig is like the best part of this fight. It's not even... It's not else. It's just the pig commentary. <laughs> the pig is asleep now and takes another blood. <laughs> Look, sometimes you need a nap. I don't think we should be judging that. That's... That is hashtag relatable. Gelato loses more speed. As it sleeps, taking sandstorm damage as it goes. Nap, nap well, sweet prince. King among bacon. I'm so mad I have to slowly lose to this hippo. <laughs> Bulldoze hits Gelato down to 20 HP. It wakes up, though. The pig smacks London again. Victory. But unfortunately, Bulldoze has slowed the pig down to where London is actually faster than the pig now. I'm not going to kill it this turn. Oh. Guess what? Eat shit. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the pig protects itself, saying screw you to your bulldoze, and heals up a little bit. Because fuck you, that's why. <laughs> Gelato now takes a bulldoze, and Gelato lives on seven, but is even more slow. There you go. But it goes to smack London again, <laughs> and London lives on a sliver. <laughs> there, there is no victory for Team Pig. Not even small moral ones. <laughs> Gelato doesn't even get to kill London. 
As London Gelato protects again. I will kill this hippo and get the moral victory. I I think this match has gone longer than our matches. No, no, it has not. It 100% has not, Celeste. Your timer against Anna hit 20 minutes. <laughs> and London finishes off Gelato. If I'd have got the double protect, I would have killed the hippo, and then I would have died happy. Good game, Anna. <laughs> Good game. I'm so sorry about the pig. <laughs> <laughs> I so this is the part of the show where I normally ask you how you feel after PvP. I don't particularly give a fuck right now because it's one o'clock in the fucking morning. Celeste has more points. Anna has a little bit more points. Good for Anna. It's been a while since Anna had more points. I have no more points, and I'm really sad that I have this fucking pig. And that is unfortunate for me and my life. And I have to figure out what I'm going to do about that. Anna has 420. Hey, uh, I remain at 510, and Celeste has 640 fucking points because what is even his numbers? Hooray. So we're doing another one. There's going to be more Nuzlocke boys. We're excited. We're excited for the Nuzlocke. Also, girl boys. I don't mean to make any boys feel excluded, regardless of their gender. Um, so this week, our hosts will be heading northeast from Lumio City because there's more Kalos on the other side of Lumio City. We did a Backtrack, and now we're going the other way. Um, we'll head on to Route 14, which is full of water that's up to your fucking nipples, and it's frustrating, and we're going to hate it. Uh, but we're going to eventually make our way to Laver City. There's a Pokeball factory there, but we're not going to go there because that would be pacing, and we don't do that in Kalos. Instead, we're going to go right to the fucking gym. Just right. We go there straight to that fucking gym. Don't you go nowhere else. Uh, and in the gym is Valerie. And Valerie is she does the fairies she's the new fairies and those are good and cool um she uses them a while a mr mime and a sylveon and she uses a dazzling gleam you love to see it um our level limit for this chapter is 42 we're more than halfway through the series i have a bad pig and i'm real frustrated um we're doing doubles next week so at least it won't take me two hours to lose how are we feeling guys I mean, I won my first fucking PvP match this season. I know you're really frustrated, but god damn it. It's been four weeks of eating dirt, so... I fully expected to lose both my matches coming into tonight. I did lose both my matches coming in, but at least I took Celeste to a fucking hair. If I, if I had played better, I would have won that match, and that has its own frustration, but I feel good that I, I contended, at least. I just, I made a judgment call in building against you, Anna, that I got desperately wrong, and it left me so far on the back foot there was just no recovery, but I'm not sure I could have beat that Mega Meta Jam with literally anything on my roster. It's just sometimes it be like that i feel like i'm gonna have to start planning things a bit more rather than just relying on the walls because my team builder was two minutes this week well it, it clearly didn't cost you shit so my team builder this week is bring two walls maybe three and then anything else did some pick three <laughs> pretty much bring some things that can do damage we'll grab brad we'll grab the mushroom and well We'll go find some fairies next week. It'll be really exciting. I'm terrified. And yeah, it'll be real good. Tune in then. I have I have poison team team of poison. It's it's fine. I'm very excited that we are back in doubles and I can dish out some punishment. Hopefully there is still, in fact, a Mega Meta Cham to consider. But I will do my best. Please, guys, guys, I tr I try not to be this guy. Please, please with the good egg. Please, please. Please, with the good egg for the next one, please. I I say this with the understanding that I love my eggs. My eggs are good. 
Claude the Skunk is maybe the MVP of this week, which is not a thing I expected when I hatched him, but he did real fucking good, and I'm proud of him, and I love him, and he's on the team forever now. But please, please with the good egg. Please. I need I need the good one. As a reminder, you can watch our gameplay at youtube.com slash C slash Blastburn Radio. You can also find all sorts of cool shit at our website, BlastburnRadio.com. We want to hear from you or not, whatever. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. I don't particularly care what you do. I'm not your mom. You can email us at BlastburnRadio at gmail.com or tweet at the show at BlastburnRadio. Um, I do a Twitter sometimes. You can follow me at BBRJolly. I'm at Celeste Lost. And I'm at Incidentally Anna. And in the interest of time, I'm not going to plug a company this week. We all need to go to sleep and we're going to do it right now. Anna has a company. It's called Mythic Portal. Look at their stuff. It's good stuff. I do want to thank everyone for joining us today. I want to give a very special thank you, as always, to Anima Servier and Celeste Dreyer for Blastburn Radio. I am a sleepy son of a bitch with a bad, bad pig. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. See you next time. See you next time. Blastburn Radio is a production of Challenge Accepted Media. This episode was produced by Patrick Miller. If you enjoy Blastburn Radio, you can support us at patreon.com slash challengeacceptedmedia. Pokemon and all related games and characters are the property and trademark of Nintendo, Game Freak, and the Pokemon Company. Opening music in today's episode includes Game On by Fishy off the OC Remix album, The Missing No Tracks. Check out this great album at missingno.ocremix.org. Battle music in today's episode provided by Glitch X City. Check out her work on YouTube or SoundCloud at Glitch X City. Closing music in today's episode is Professor Sycamore's theme remix, also by Glitch X City. Design work for Blastburn Radio Season 8 provided by Rachel Mondragon at Rachie Chu, Nathan at Fiery Dance, and Chisai at Chisai236. Check out their other work or contact them for commissions on Twitter. Blastburn Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. <laughs> <laughs>